Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You are listening to Mist Apex podcast. We live F1. Welcome to Missed Apex Podcast. This episode is called Alex Brundle's Bits of All the Other Racing People Do, which is not F1. I'm your host, Richard Spanners Ready, and I'm joined by Matt Two Rumpets. Good evening, Matt. Hey there, Spanners. How are you doing today? I owe you an apology. We're delaying the Driver Awards conclusion this week, but it is for a good reason. Yeah, it's for a great reason. So would you like to tell everyone what it is? Or well, do I get that honor? No, I'll tell them. But first, I have to tell them that we're an independent podcast produced in the podcasting shed with the kind permission of our better halves. We aim to bring you a race review before your Monday morning commute. We might be wrong, but we're first. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce top epic endurance hero, sports car and British Le Mans driver and someone who I have led for nearly three corners of a go-kart race. It's Alex Brundle. How's it going, Alex? Hello both, hello sports fans, how are we doing? Good, actually it's worth saying that in that missed Apex event, I actually beat you because you were classified last for not finishing the final. Oh, I didn't, yeah, I didn't do the final, I, I got a little bit, I, I left, didn't I, Buckmore Park, Elect, completely electively. Um, whether whether the uh, whether Buckmore Park also decided that I probably should leave, well, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know, but I definitely walked out under my own steam. I have to say your exit from the park is indeed a thing of legend. But Alex, if we if I tell you that we've we've teased another date that is in April, do you think that you will come back and challenge me for my crown of the Spanners versus Brundle trophy that I've just invented in my head? I think I will, but I think we need to create some sort of, you know, like a handicap system. Uh, of, of some description and then we can work we can work through it and then gener- generate a genuine challenge between spanners run perhaps bradley philpot can come out with like some sort of equalizing equalizing system so i actually have to like you know oh i thought try. you meant i would get handicapped oh right okay. <laughs> oh, <you were. laughs> it's simple you, you just put a second seat in your cart and i'll ride in it and oh, right there you go that would be about that would be about fair to be fair, the bump drafting we did was of was of good was of good standard. 
I, was I, I didn't have any problem with that. I was, I was, yeah, you led me, you led me for a solid three corners and it was fun. It was fun. We were, we were getting on well. So yeah. we know that the next serious motorsport we, you will do will be Missed Apex live podcasting, karting extravaganza number two. I know drivers are always cagey about their status and plans, but is it fair to say there's exciting things in the mix ahead for Brundle wheel turning? Yes, Brundle wheel turning, both the one in the middle and all four on the sides um, is going to happen in 2019. Can't tell you what or where, but there's some cool stuff going to go on. Um, my normal gigs in prototypes uh, are well underway and um, also an additional program as well, um, doing a very, very cool um, thing at a very, very exciting venue. So we'll just have to stalk you everywhere to find out i'm sure it'll all be announced very soon but as we referenced in the title this shows is called alex bundles bits of all the other racing people do which is not f1 now i'm gonna have to do a bit of acting today alex because i'm going to play the role of an ignorant blinkered f1 fan who and to be fair it's fair i do nearly exclusively watch f1 except for when trumpets bullies me into watching formula e as well for e-radio show i appeared as a guest mm. on e-radio show and i i totally knew what i was talking about didn't i trumpets oh yeah completely so alex <laughs> <laughs> alex <laughs> good dead fan delivery love that uh, well, i think i think it's really important it's really important to point out that we do we do like F1. We think F1's good. And we like the way it's presented. And we think it's mega motorsport. They make their own cars. They do, you know, it's a massive amount of money spent on the purest possible form of racing. However, there are, you know, in the words of many, many a BBC presenter, um, of which you are now one. Oh, oh yes, of course. Um, <laughs> other, other forms of motorsport are available. And... You know, I, I kind of want it to be a bit like, you know, when you go on an Amazon order and you're ordering a life-size inflatable model of E.T. And then you go down the bottom and it goes, oh, um, yeah, I see you're looking at that life-size inflatable model of E.T. How about a life-size inflatable model of, you might like, a life-size inflatable <laughs> model of ALF, you know, for example. Like, here's some things you also might enjoy. It's strange, isn't it? Because there are forms of motorsport which are closer to f1 than they are to football for example then mm. you know they're they are very related forms of entertainment yet so much of the audience share goes towards f1 do, do you find that frustrating as someone who's been so active in other motorsports that you can't seem to turn enough heads yeah i mean it's a case of what's promoted and what isn't um and people like to watch f1 just because it's got a head of steam and it's perceived as the pinnacle Kind of is frustrating, but also isn't considering the amount of money that brands are spending on marketing in Formula One. I just think, you know, for example, all your viewers are prepared to spend a period of time now, which is not. There are no F1 cars going around while we're talking. They're prepared to spend this amount of time listening to us talk about it. So this is the same amount of time they could be. And I'm not I'm not proposing they boycott your shows, Banners. Um, <laughs> but... But hmm. this is the, an amount of time they could be spending on watching other forms of motorsport they also might enjoy. Certainly. There's there's a question of accessibility. But I want to just pull back to something you said that you said uh, that it's supposed, supposedly the pinnacle of motorsport. Would you not personally put F1 as the pinnacle of motorsport? No, F1 is the pinnacle of motorsport. No, it is. In, in terms of, you know, in a global in a global sense. Now, I think we all pretty much accept that as a group of racing drivers, global and total, 
not all of the best ones are in Formula One. Or do we have do we have general exception on? Do we have general acceptance of that? Well, I guess I guess we have to accept. We have to at least nod, don't we, Matt? Here, given otherwise, you're just going to go. Or I completely <laughs> like, agree well, with that. So, thanks very much, guys. It was great fun and. <laughs> No, but some of them are, don't get me wrong, some of them are, maybe even like as a series, if you took it, you know, you would say, okay, the top 10 Formula One drivers are the best 10 drivers in the world. I'd be, com- I'd be completely cool to say something like that. But, you know, as a total unit, if you take all the engineering that goes on, the marketing that goes on, the mechanical work that goes on, the media work that goes on, F1 is the pinnacle of motorsport for sure. Yeah. So just to make sure that you get invited home for family Christmases, you are not slating F1. No, well, you can't really say, you know, you can't really slate F1, can you? It generates it generates a massive amount of input, generates, uh, you know, a, a great racing product on track and is well promoted. To be fair, complaining about F1 pretty much pays our bills. <laughs> I think we can complain about it. Yeah. from a point of view of admitting that we watch it in the first place because we really really like it exactly like so the argument that i would always have about somebody and i have this argument about WEC quite a lot as well because i'm a, i'm involved in world endurance championship a lot blah 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 is people come up to me and go oh whack this whack that whack that and i'm like well you must have a basic regard for it because nobody's prepared to argue about anything they really don't care about so if you were if you weren't bothered then, like, why are we having this conversation? We are obviously all bothered about F1. I'm just, like, bothered about other stuff too, Spanish. Yeah, well, this is like my, <laughs> my my wife's got a friend called John Morell, who I wouldn't name, but he once asked me, he goes, do you hate me? And I was like, no, I nothing you. And it was worse. <laughs> it was worse than hating him. Uh, we might have to edit that out because I don't want John Morell to be embarrassed about that. And uh, and I will add, I'll add further that he had the best nickname in the world. His nickname was John Morell. So everyone would call him by his full name the whole time. I love that. Look, it's easy to remember. Over the course of this episode, then, would you say a fair aim to our F1 audience would be to convince F1 fans to maybe just watch a race? Not at the expense of watching this show, it has to be said. Yeah, like, it's kind of like, you know, keep watching F1. Keep having your main meal every, you know, Sunday afternoon. Um, with your Sky F1 subscription and keep, you know. <laughs> Other TV service providers are available. <laughs> but if, you know, if you fancy maybe just like trying like one other series, like at one time or something, that would be like really nice. All the other racing drivers, the other thousands might appreciate that. Yeah, well, I have to say I do like to watch other events as someone who raced bicycles like racing is just a thing that i like to watch in any vehicle way or thing i just enjoy the spectacle of it and the competition of it but if i were an f1 fan what would you tell me if i wanted to say watch WEC or we have daytona coming up can you make it accessible what should you look for to sound like semi-knowledgeable so that you could say pretend you knew what you were talking about like say if you were on this program and were embarrassed to watch something else because you didn't really know much about it yeah. but you needed to sound knowledgeable because you were like say maybe on a program or something i feel it's like is there <laughs> could you maybe give us some hints there what's, what's interesting is like everybody's like oh the series are not very accessible but like at least in financial terms like if you were sitting on your sofa now with your laptop or in your podcasting shed with your laptop as you are now within uh 30 seconds you could be watching for free uh one of five different sports car events 
not live, but live if they were happening. So you, if you were sat on your sofa live as they were happening, you would not have to pay to watch it. It would be available to you for free. But so why, it's why, accessible. But you why can't say it's not. Why don't I know that? Because you're not looking, mate. That's why I'm here to tell you. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's fair. That's, that's, that's exactly the whole point of this show. Is, do you find it, though, interesting that, for example, the BBC, that has a, a budget hole uh, since it decided not to pay for Formula One, and now Channel 4 as well isn't going to have Formula One, why don't they just pick up WEC? With the amount of viewers that Channel 4 had for F1, for example, this season, which was 4.6 million, not all of them are going to take a paid service. A lot of them are going to nick it. We know we know what mm. you do out there, guys. But there's going to be a lot of homeless motorsport fans, at least for live events. Surely if BBC or Channel 4 just decided to play, you know, play WEC free to air, that would massively boost that sport. Well, they're going to do that for Formula E. So Formula E is going on the red button next year um, for, for BBC. So let's find out. That's going to be really, really interesting to see. I think there is this certain perception that motorsport is boring, which is kind of wit which is not very clever of us because essentially we as advocates for motorsport tend to say ourselves that motorsport is boring and complain about how boring motorsport is for the various reasons and so if you walked in if you walked into a into a room full of potential viewers and went would you like to come and watch some motorsport with me just to let you know all of the advocates of that sport say it's terrible and boring then so I think we're a little bit masters of our own doom on that one. You don't see um, sometimes they do, but you don't see Gary Lineker, you know, sitting in a sitting on a, in the middle of a football in the middle of a of Match of the day, <laughs> yeah. football going. That was this is just a boring sport, isn't it? It's rubbish. Now, then you are so on the money with this and such a phenomenon, is it? that motorsport fans complain about the race being boring. I specifically say to the guys here before a show, even if the race was dull as dishwater, just pick out the points of interest. There is zero point in in being fanboys and cheerleaders of a sport and just go, that was dull. I'll tell you what, though, some other podcasts do it. But you won't know, you guys, because you only listen to us. Um, but even as F1 fans, Alex, I'm sure we can look at other motorsport and go, well, actually... F1 could learn a lot from what other motorsports do. Perhaps motorsports that don't have the same burdens of Formula One and that perhaps can take chances. Like Formula E, for example, can take risks that Formula One just can't. Definitely. I mean, what's going on in Formula E at the moment is really interesting because they're bringing it to the audience at very low cost. So uh, essentially, you've got them... Uh, with a massive social media campaign. I mean, with all the snippets of the various Formula E races that are available on Instagram, I reckon with a good editor could probably piece the race back together and you could watch it, lights the flag. But they just just tease you constantly. They advertise on social media at low cost. It's very new age. In a way, Formula One is it's is the is the minority in the way that it's broadcast and watched. In the you know it's it's a big thing that lots of people want to watch, and therefore the the rights are really valuable to it, and those rights are sold. Other types of motorsport, the the there is there's not the viewership, so the rights are not valuable. So it's available for free, but it doesn't mean it's like worse racing and stuff. Certainly not. Now, what I'd like to do is go through a few of those other motorsports, think about perhaps what F1 could learn about them, and maybe even convince some people to tune into one of these these races. But first of all, 
Alex Brundle. We're gonna we're gonna get you to pay the piper. If you want to talk about other motorsports on an F1 <laughs> podcast, we've got to cover a little bit of F1 news first. Okay. Big dirty news. We now go over to Brooklyn, New York for our newsman, Matthew Trumpets. Matthew, what's the news in F1 today? Well, hey there, Spanners. Today's news is... No, sorry. I, um, I do that I, kind I, I of thing. To, you're going to cut that, right? That was horrible. <laughs> um, I was trying to do my last Nessman. Uh, right, well. Um, okay, now, I think the thing that we heard this week, um, of all the things that, that are sort of on the rumor mill is that Ross Braun, after watching the U.S. Grand Prix where the where it rained and then it was dry for the race, if I'm remembering the order of events correctly, uh, none of the teams had much usable tire data going into the actual race. And then the race was tremendously exciting, as we all know, because, of course, Kimi Raikkonen won. So could you ask for a more unexpected result than that? And part of that was down to Mercedes misweighting their cars apparently. But he thought, hey, what a great idea. Let's deny the team's tire data during Friday practice. So he's proposing, to be thought about at least, giving the teams uh, what he calls base tires, what I would call practice tires for the Friday session, and then limiting them to the actual race tires for the uh, Saturday sessions and the race on Sunday. And as a way to spice things up, uh, which apparently is what we always need in Formula One. Hmm. I think that's directed it- at you, Alex. I take issue. Well, mate, well, put yourself in an engineer's shoes. I mean, the the, the thing is that F one is not just about um, F one is not just about the drivers. It to a, for me, and and it's a massive business in itself. I know in terms of the viewers, it's a really important part of it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. How how am I as an engineer? supposed to go into formula one i like i it's like asking a gardener to it's like asking a gardener to do your lawn without a spade isn't it like you, you can't you can't go yeah all right mate you know head on out cut my grass and give him a set of nail scissors you, you've got to give the you've got to give the guys a chance to actually deliver deliver a result and so a, a big part of being the best driver in the grid is actually happening you know is happening all the way through those three free practice sessions where they are making the car better where it needs to be what's the point in having a good bloke just roll the dice and send the trophies by fedex Uh, you know i think the point would be that it would reduce the predictability of the results to a certain extent because you would not have optimum data you wouldn't have all of those sessions to gather all of that data Mm. but not that you would have no engineers and certainly, you know, I would assume that they would that and it's interesting, you know, I talked to Summers about this and and as a short term solution, it would improve the show in terms of its predictability. It wouldn't be the Ferrari, Mercedes and occasionally Red Bull show as often. It would be much more mixed up amongst the groups and certainly in the midfield teams, it would, you know, you could get some wild and unpredictable things happening there. But in the long term, teams with more resource will simply come to terms with it. They will better be able to model the practice tire to the race tire because they have more people working on it. And really what they'll do is they'll work on long-term, they'll probably work more on translating practice tire to race tire per given circuit. So but you know what different. I'm saying? Like, like I see it working for a while. If, if, if we agree that we want to make it more unpredictable, it would work for a while. 
But in the end, more resource will always solve the problem. If that was a question, it's the longest question I've ever heard. So mate, essentially, but essentially what you're going to get are people uh, not bothering to go out in practice, because if you're talking about the allocation of various, if you're talking about the allocation of various practice times, you've got like 20 minutes, you know, roll out, make sure everything works. 20 minutes, systems and ERS and DRS, two sessions, tires. So park it, save some money. So no, the people, all the people who go on Friday are not going to see any race cars, mate. They will stay inside. It's like it's like when a session. What you're effectively doing is creating the situation you had in Austin, where all the practice sessions are wet, and then quality is going to be dry. What's the point in going out in quality or going out in practice? Yeah, so we're recreating duff practice sessions because it was good when we had some duff practice sessions. Uh, that leads to something though, because what Matt is doing is what a lot of us F1 fans are, are calling for all the time, which is unpredictability. Yeah, it leads to the question of what does make for good racing for you? Like, because we've had Chris Stevens arguing us with us today, who says 2012 was the best F1 season because it was unpredictable. Do you need it to be unpredictable? I don't think so. I mean, well, how unpredictable is unpredictable? I mean, you could say, well, okay, someone in one of the top six cars is going to win every race. Is that predictable? No, not if. You know, in the first six races, you have six different winners from the top six cars. You know, so that's, you know, how how unpredictable do you want it? You want action, don't you? You want action on track and you want to see mastery of machine by competent individuals. And I think actually generate trying to generate unpredictability in regulation is not really uh, is not really achievable. What you've got to do is give these people stable regs. And then let them fight into the minutia of it. So there are very small differences between the different packages. That's how you get unpredictable because the human element cuts the cloth every time. It just, you know, a little bit. So every time we roll the dice with the regulations, you're allowing the rich manufacturers to stretch their legs and build a gap. No, I'm talking about stability, mate. Absolute stability. But I mean, for me, Formula One goes in one of two directions. You either generate into a... Um, electric eco manufacturer manufacturer fest of road relevance, which is what you know is one potential way, or you turn it into WW motorsport WWE, focus on the show and keep you know put big screamy engines in the back, take all the downforce off and let them have at it. And I'm definitely for option two. Alex, we've had quite a few questions for you in the live chat. Uh, hello to the live chat. By the way, you can join that by going onto YouTube and searching for Missed Apex Podcast, and you can see our faces and you can type below. Um, but since they've asked so I many like questions, that. I've just podged together a Q&A for you, if you wouldn't mind answering these fine folks' queries. Let's see. I, I don't know if this is a real thing. Gold, silver, and bronze FIA driver rates. That's Esteban Garcia says, Alex, tell us about how the oh, FIA how- rates drivers yeah. in gold, silver, and bronze. So this is a sports car thing, Spanners. Uh, we oh. have there are there are people there I knew are people <laughs> there are people watching your podcast who see the light. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's an intelligent audience we have here, Alex. We're it's very proud twink- of it. It's twinkling. It's twinkling. Oh, it's fading. Oh, it's fading. Oh, it's gone. Uh, <laughs> so what they do is so right a, a bit of background. 
mainly for you spanners but also for others that that don't know is we in sports cars because we need people essentially who are amateur drivers who come along and have loads of budget but they're like business owners and stuff uh-huh. um there's actually a really really good movie out called mm-hmm. the gentleman driver which follows them around because they're actually you think they'd be you know sort of posh business dudes with you know very kind of hoity-toity kind of guys but actually they're kind of quite cool dudes can you imagine having that amount of money generating that amount of money for your business and just deciding i'm gonna blow that on motorsport you know i can imagine that yeah yeah i know well exactly but that's that's they're living that reality so they're quite cool dudes so to protect their seats and their ability to drive just so they don't fill every single car with whippersnappers and they just don't get the chance to ever compete we have specific in a sports car race you'll have three guys in in a car and they have specific Uh. gradings that people have to hit um those are decided by a central body by um their results their general uh, kind of the way they're going about their motorsport are they intending to be a pro or am and also an agglomeration of their lap times through the other races and it all comes into uh, basically it all gets lobbed in the middle and a, a committee decide on which grading you are is it is it kind of weighted then so if me with my yeah. uselessness I uh, I get so much patreon support uh, patreon.com forward slash missed apex that I'm able to enter uh, some series does that mean because i'm so terrible and i am like a bronze minus that means i can have an alex and a and a and a bradley because that you know it's kind yeah. of weighted like that exactly exactly that so you'll get you'll get a, a series for example european Le Mans series in lmp3 you have to have silver silver bronze or gold silver bronze wow. or blah 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 so those people those people have to fit together um it's quite a team game though like you really like say say you're the the gold or the platinum in the car it's you're pretty much most of your job is making sure that your bronze guy and your silver guy are also rapid it's 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 uh it's a really interesting kind of it's almost a social experiment i always think <laughs> that the ns I, I always think that the nsa what might have something to say about like a load of globally traveling people all continuously messaging each other about a, a select group of four precious metals <laughs> <laughs> If you see, because we're all kind of like from from kind of October to March, you've got a load of sports car people traveling all over the world, all WhatsApping each other. The three of us are like, I need a bronze. How many bronzes have you got? I need a silver, etc., etc. So I always think that should flag up on someone's radar. And is this within WEC as well? In the lower, the lower. Is, yeah. that, is that the correct way to say it? Is that politically correct if I say the lower junior, classes? Junior. Junior, the junior categories. categories yeah. of WEC. Um, so LMP2 has that in WEC. So it's uh, gold, silver, gold, or gold, platinum, silver, platinum. Um, but both pro categories, so LMP1 and GTE Pro, are run whoever you like. And Nicholas Andrew says, please ask Alex, why are there sports car classes that don't race in WEC, such as DPI, or LMP3. I'm just saying words that I don't know. <laughs> so it it depends on organizer. So the there's basically three big organizers in endurance racing. You've got the ACO, who are the Le Mans people. You've got IMSA, who are the Daytona people, and then you've got SRO, who are the Spa 24 Hours people. Yeah. And it depends. So the classes, how they operate and what cars are eligible to race in what classes are specific to organizer. 
Good. I feel like I'm learning something. Well, when I listen back, none of that went in at all. Uh, so I am, <laughs> remember, Spanners is just a comedy character playing the role of someone who's F1 blinkered and doesn't know anything. But it's, it's interesting, isn't it? It's an interesting because those things are like really obvious to us and we're quite sort of uppity and pretentious about all of this stuff. And it is explaining to me really that we're not communicating as, as a, you know, as a sport, we're not communicating these things well enough at all. People have to really go out and look for that information, don't they? So we were kind of going to do a, a, a sport versus sport, if you like. So, you know, F1 up against WEC. Yeah. You brought up an interesting point there that knowing what is going on in the background really does enhance why you would watch a sport so i reckon that's the the reason people tune into miss apex podcast because we get a bit of background knowledge from summers yeah. from matt from the the guys inside the paddock from joe and then when you see it all on track it makes sense i don't have that same knowledge of of WEC, so when i sit and watch it i don't have that same engagement but when i brought my lad down to the six hours of silverstone he wasn't interested in the in the formula cars at all once the wet cars started coming out he was absolutely jumping up and down the fences going mad because they're spectacular in real mm. life so why can't that be translated into the popularity of formula one why can't it get close what is WEC lacking i think that there's an element of it's like really long <laughs> yeah know, it, it takes it, ages. A, risk, a risk of a risk of sounding like slightly obvious you know the six hours of silverstone it, it lasts like you know how long how, how long does that last yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i mean we didn't watch the whole race and i mean i've i've been to 24 hour karting events i was commentating on one and i just said between you and me i would just break this up into several smaller events uh trumpets <laughs> yeah it's not like the world is trending towards longer attention spans these days exactly. would be my would would be so 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 that is a challenge um and i don't know at risk of of making it well, I, I go ahead and finish. I have a thought in my head, but go okay, ahead. Okay, well, will you form it? But Alex, he's right. Our attention spans aren't the same because I remember loving E.T. in the 80s. I put it on for my kids. And after like half an hour, I was like, this is so boring. This is so long and boring. Just get yeah. to the point. I think it's, it is, it's enter 21st century, isn't it? Because what we now have the ability to do, which we are doing in, in sports car and endurance racing and touring cars, is putting all of that information and content that we've made by all racing each other and crashing into each other and winning or losing and making it available on demand in a really like immersive way and also being like way more accessible than I think that that's always the big sell on sports cars, isn't it? Yeah. Come along and, you know, come in the garage and sit in the cars. And like we do mean that that actually does happen. And people do that all the time. So it's not just like, a, oh, we've said all oh, come down to Silverstone. When you get there, there's going to be a heavy going, you know, yeah. this way that genuinely happens. So I think we we need to and, and we are slowly making that content like a bit more bite-sized and digestible two rumpets yeah well i wanted to say that i had the WEC app the year before last when it was still available in my country so mm. that i could watch lamont and the other um other races and one of the things they did that was really nice is that they would they will they will do a highlights mm. when you log on and that they will regularly do a highlights um, like at the top of every hour, you know, like sort of what's gone on, what you missed. So that if you can't sit still for the entire 24 hours of Le Mans, which let's face it, <laughs> unless you're there is, you know, is probably not going to happen unless you're incredibly hardcore. You, you can immediately, you can find out what's happened and be up to date in the race. But it also of all the series 
really relies on incredibly knowledgeable commentators. Yes. And yes. because it's at the bottom end of that, we're putting this on TV. Like mm -hmm. when it used to be on Fox, you had to skip hop three or four channels if you wanted to follow all 24 hours. Yes. Um, now, the Radio Lamont people are brilliant at the commentating. But a lot of times you'll draft in people who are only sort of knowledgeable. And then that makes it really hard for people who like, like me. I've done a bit. <laughs> yeah. It makes it very, <laughs> hang on. The strategy element's so important to following the race over a long period of time. Yeah, you, definitely. Uh, hang on. I'm... Are you singling out Jake Sanson here, by the way, Trumpets? Because he got drafted in a couple of years back as well. Sorry, Alex, carry on. I think, I mean, you do rely on a couple of really, and again, not very well promoted because the people who are, they're, they're kind of, it's a, it's a bit more of a old guard of, of, uh, I'm trying to not say intelligent, but intelligent is the word I want journalism where they actually refuse to clickbait those guys. And, you know, guys like, um, you know, daily sports um, Gary Watkins, um, the John Daggis at sports car, three, six, five racer.com. They're not like going to give you the whole, hey, guess what Lewis Hamilton said about Kimi Raikkonen after the Grand Prix. You won't believe this because they just, there's just not them. So, you know, you, you have to go, but that, that said, I mean, how long does it take you, you know, that minute you using, you know, reading about Lewis Hamilton's poodle, like you could use that time just to figure out what the class structure is in a wet race. <laughs> and you could get, you know, you could watch LMP1, LMP2, LMP3, you know, or both GT classes. And you could know in the time that it took you to figure out, you know, what I don't know what Kimi Raikkonen's turtle's name is or whatever you want to know you've got me just thinking about clickbait now you won't believe what the photographer said when he kept the camera yeah. rolling at the wedding uh, we've got a few more questions actually related to what we're talking about Stuart Neal just asks um going back a couple of steps what is the ideal length of a race I mean are you a fan of the six-hour race format is it good for you to race in would you watch it do you watch it yeah sort of like from sort of here to kind of like over there no. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, it depends, doesn't it? It depends. A Grand Prix distance is good. So when you're an endurance driver, I always think, you know, in well, I tend to drive about two Grand Prix distances in each in each endurance race. But a Grand Prix distance for one driver is about is about right in one go. Um, which is why they've sort of slowly kind of homed in on that length. But people do find those races a bit long. Um, depends what you're watching, doesn't it? If it's a good race, you never want it to stop. If it's a boring race, you're like, yawn. Well, I mean, there's a, yeah, I always, do you know what? I'm not going to do it. I always go to from test cricket to 2020 and I use that as a comparison mm. of how people have moved. But yeah, it is, it is hard, especially with a, a kid to even get them to sit still through a Formula One race. You know, pretty much yeah. they want to see the beginning, any crashes. And then even if it stops for replays or a safety car, you know, they're off. Six hours. I'm not going to hook him on that. Yeah, but even like even a longer BTCC race. I mean, if Plato still got both wing mirrors on after four laps, I switch it off. Oh, good. It's not just us then. <laughs> uh, I've got some more <laughs> questions though. This one might be a little bit unfair. I'm not sure if it's. We'll see how it goes. Because um, we're talking about a comparison between Formula One and and WEC. 
Erudite 450, which I, I think is a glue, asks, which top sports car drivers do you think could be competitive in F1? Now, the reason I'm thinking that isn't quite fair is, yes, they are different disciplines. So even not necessarily could jump into an F1 car and do a job, but are of kind of comparable skill level, if you like. And I think Trumpets wants to caveat that. Yeah, I'm going to suggest perhaps we chuck in Formula E and Indy to go along with. Yeah, yeah, potentially. I mean, which which top sports car drivers could be could be any good in Formula One? Well, Fernando Alonso's in Daytona at the moment, so yeah, he's I all reckon right. he might be him? all right. And and he's uh, str- he's struggling in those poor Toyotas as well. I don't know how he gets by. Yeah, Kamui Kobayashi. Yeah, to be honest, the the interchange. I mean, LMP1, Formula One, the interchange. Jensen Button, Stefan Sarazan, thinking a little bit older. You've got Lotto who did a little bit of a stint in a catering. Um, you know, there there are Formula One level boys in sports cars, so it's it's not really a fair question. Um, there are guys who. Just had to jump, didn't have the funding. Uh, but at the end of the day, Formula One is such the Formula One and the Formula One trail, including the the feeder series, are so their own niche, are so their own thing that actually, it, you know, guys seem to jump in and out of those series, and you never really know how they're going to do until they get there because of the warm up, cool down of the Pirelli tire, etc. Did you have a follow up on that, trumpets? Um, yeah, I would ask, um, of all the crossovers and all the things I, I've seen written, like I think about two things when I think about Formula One. One is unbelievable consistency. So mm-hmm. if you were to ask me, name a driver, I would say Scott Dixon, say from Indy, would be uh one person. Or, you know, obviously looking at uh although he was in Formula One, someone like Jean Eric Verne in Formula E now, I think could have been really successful had he stayed in Formula One. But one of them is consistency and the ability to be consistent, like within half a tenth or better lap after lap after lap. And the other is, and this is an interesting comment I read talking about uh, Mario Andretti leaving Formula One and going to IndyCar, is he got tired of literally having to reset the entire balance of the car from corner to corner. He Mm. said it was just much button pushing and not enough actual driving. And it seems like to me, that's where the biggest sort of LMP1 dpi crossover to formula one exists and i was just curious if you thought that was true or if you had your own take on it yeah i've i've not i've not driven the most you know a a modern a modern f1 car only old one really really old one so i couldn't tell you how much please tell us which one oh 92 benetton and what was that for was that like a charity good up the good up the goodwood hill oh right it skidded all the way up on its plank and it was terrifying. But anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, no, that's really interesting. But like, what did they put representative tires on it or old tires or just no, any no, old no, thing? No, no, no. I was on like, yeah, no, I wasn't on, I wasn't on reptile. It was just, a, it was a bit of a demo run, but it was a laugh, <laughs> man. Quick. Seriously. Considering how old technology was, man. Seriously, seriously quick. Loud. I mean, I know there, there is... There, you know, there are a lot of things to change on an F1 car, you know, moment by moment. I mean, LMP1 for for me, I think is a is it feels like from you know, obviously from driving around in a LMP3 car, for example, LMP2 is a big step because you're changing traction control and gain and slip, and then messing about with brake bias all the time. Um, LMP1 is another step because you're doing all the things for fuel flow and regen and all of those kind of things. And then I think from that, Formula One is another massive step. But what I would say to you is that you know there are very few 
high level race cars now dpi lmp1 lmp2 blah 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 super gt where you're just you know literally just connecting the apex is doing nothing in the car most of the time you are playing with stuff and there is there are things you need to change if not once a lap then once a sector to make the to make the car perform as it needs to so it's not like it's not like oh i'm driving around like it's go-karting and all the other formulas then formula one oh i've got all these button suppressors like the death star it's nothing <laughs> it's not quite like that it's more of a like ramp up and and do you personally find that annoying because you came up through karting and then all the formula one cars to suddenly have to be playing and being an engineer in the car uh, did, did you find no. that irritating no no i like it i like it because it, you can really i mean if you've got the capacity to do that which I, i'm i'm lucky enough to that i could i've got a bit of extra going on like while i'm driving some guys really struggle with that and it's normally the guys who are really fast over one lap because they have this sort of like zone in absolute concentration on the apex. But for me, you know, I have a little bit of extra capacity so I can start mucking about with it. And I quite enjoy doing that. And I quite enjoy making sure that it's, that it's mint. So actually, did Jotma just uh, ask a follow up question there in the chat room? Because you talked about the interchangeability of the LMP1 guys into F1. He's asking, mm. do you think that that extends into any way into LMP2? So is there a big drop off or is it, you know, a different culture? yeah i mean who can i think of in lmp2 there's maldonado in lmp2 and there's heard of him yeah and, <laughs> and davidson did a bit in f1 didn't he he's he's jumping around in lmp2 yeah it does i mean it does extend there's just less to play with but lmp2 cars became made way more spec a couple of years ago so there there's much less to play with now i think the really big thing that formula one drivers have when they come into the top of sports cars they're used to dealing with these absolutely massive teams of various different suppliers all under big pressure to perform and that you know you're sailing a big ship as the driver you're you're really you know you're managing a great big group of people moving through space and time if you see what i mean and you've got to be and you've got to be on it and really good at managing those people to get the right result this is Paige, the co-host of giggly squad and i want to tell you about a company that i've been loving olive and june olive and june gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Uh, we're going to go on to a bit more F1 news. But before we do that, I have to ask you, Alex Bundle, a loaded question, which is, what do you think of of sim racing? Do you sit at home in Brundle Towers and turn a sim wheel? You do. I do. You must have seen my... I went up on my Instagram this week, so that's a loaded question, Spanners. It's a loaded question. Let's just... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy. It. I race my mates though. I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to tell you all my. I'm not going to tell you all my username and have you, you all. You race under a sock account. That's not very Lando Norris of you. <laughs> yeah, but I don't have. You keep on trying to get me to do the i racing thing, but I don't have a compatible PC. But it was it was hard enough to find a PC to do this, and I had to borrow my missus's one. Well, of course, that is where I was trying to lead this, and of course, we would love you to join in with the eye racing. I've been gently needling you for months to try and get in on that. Uh, <laughs> it's been like the text message frequency just slowly escalates as we get like towards an event. It, yeah, it all compresses <laughs> as we go into there. We, we might see if we can get you to do a, a turn on on the commentary as well. But I would like to advertise to the people listening our next eye racing event, which is going to be on. On Sunday, the 13th of January, 8 p.m. UK time, which means that you US guys no longer have an excuse to dip out. What I'd like you to do is just get in touch with me, either spannersready at gmail.com or you can private message me on Facebook or Twitter by searching spannersready and then I'll send you all the details. Basically, you'll go into the user-created lobbies, search for Missed Apex 8 o'clock or something. Uh, there'll be a password and then you can, um, and then you can join and you can race us. We'll have three races over the course of the evening. It'll be very competitive. There's some really good guys there, but at the back, there'll be me and Matt and some more terrible people as well. So whatever your ability, you'll have a race and we'll have a Discord channel open. It'll be a lot of fun. So that is Missed Apex iRacing. In MX5 Globals, that is 13th of January, Sunday, 8pm. Get in touch with me and I'll send you all the details. Now then, Matt, I think it's time for a bit more. Big Dirty News. can tell alex brundle is a fan of that bumper i was just thinking how much i want my own jingle for alex brundle's bit that's about all the other series we can we can sort that we can sort if you come (laughs) back again if you come back come back again uh it is a solemn promise that i will have forgotten to do that but but the intention (laughs) is is more than there now obviously matt we've got alex brundle who's come through the junior series that trajectory that a lot of the guys who are entering formula one have uh, have done this season a lot of new blokes in f1 this year matt yeah there are we have some very exciting rookies and so i was curious to get your opinions on russell versus norris which i think we can sort of moot kubica from this particular mm. discussion and 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 just because you're a driver and you talk to other drivers like who do you think's going to win that matchup? Now, I know, you know, they're not necessarily in similarly appointed cars, but as we all saw with Leclerc, it's not always about the car you have. It's about the performance you put in. Who do you think's really going to come out on top at the end of the season? 
Yeah, I guess it kind of depends what you mean. Do you think, is the question who is going to outperform their car the best? Or is the question who is going to literally finish higher in the series? Why not both? No, outperform their car the best. Outperform their car the best. I think that Lando will. And the reason I think that is because he will be, I mean, you you hear about, um, and I, I think they're very you know, equivalent as characters and GP2 form is GP2 form. I mean, those teams are, those teams in cars are so different in the way that they operate, the way they set up. You, you know, you, once you jump from GP2 to F1, slate wiped clean as far as I'm concerned. Lando's been in that team for so long, so, so long, you know, obviously has the support of everyone. He knows how everything works. F1 is not going to feel like, a big jump for him. He's been in the simulator for Yonks, you know, and he's done all the free practices and everything like that. George had to make a presentation to get, you know, a year when he didn't even then when they didn't even choose him. And now they fired him in the car, but it's, it's still like on a, it's still on a kind of a trial basis. Whereas Lando's got his feet under the table massively. I want to see that presentation so badly. I just want to see what he was pointing yeah. to on the thing. And maybe I can do a similar one for the Channel 4 Highlights package because they've lost Karun. Here's why I should be the pit lane reporter for Channel 4 Highlights. What do you reckon, Trumpets? I like it. And given the height of the cars, it's like a perfect proportion. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to have to kneel down, do would you, to talk to the drivers? It'd be good. You'd be just like, you I'm, could just walk around and they're like... I'm racing driver size. I'm well, like, wait, I don't... No, I'm talking about like while they were sat. The- <laughs> okay now it's getting mean last week it was the chat room that was mean this week it's professional <laughs> racing drivers and matt but we're seriously Boom. like I just- <laughs> <laughs> but i think lando and, and george are like they're both obviously you know both huge talents one race is in gp2 i think they're of a equi- you know they're both bang on the pace aren't they and now it's just a case of who has essentially the best opportunity now to outperform their car and move forwards. And I think that it's going to be really hard to beat Lando on on that plateau, given, you know, how comfortable he's going to be at McLaren. See, now I've got now I've got sympathy from the chat room. So it's it's all worked out for the best. And Joppy, I need to open this chat room today. The, um, <laughs> Joppy, horrible to Spanish. In general, we don't know about these kids until they come through the ranks. And we don't know anything about them except what we read and what is said in, you know, in the clickbait news media. There's no doubt, is there, that these two guys are genuine British talents that are here on merit, that are here to perform as well mm. as possible in F1. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure. I mean, the the what, what the various financial backgrounds are. I know, and it's for, to be honest, uh, you know, the motorsport, the motorsport world is so convoluted in that way. I don't really care because they've done good jobs in GPT. So, yeah, more power to them. Get it? Like, see some more British winners in Formula One. Yeah, let's do that. Right, let's go on to other motorsports. You can choose. Actually, I'll give you a list of motorsports. Tell me which one you fancy. So, right. Okay. This is this is what I'd ra- this is what I'd rather do. Okay. Why don't you tell me? Yeah. What is Spanners that prevents you trying watching another motorsport that's not Formula One? And I'll shoot you down like a clay pigeon. All right then. Um, America, all American motorsport. 
how's that? Because Trumpets is always trying what? to get me to watch some IndyCar. And I'm like, what it's just it? because they're like haggis. You know how haggis have got two legs longer on one side and short on the other side so they can go around the tops of mountains? That's just like American cars. They've all just got massive weights on one side, a skinny tire on one side and a big thick one on the other side. It's just it's a weird comedy clown motor series continent. Defend that. Okay, so what, your problem with this is NASCAR. Oh, I don't know. Look, I'm just <laughs> my general problem is I'm lazy, and I I I have the same problem with TV series. I I want to know it's good. I want someone to already have told me it's brilliant. They've watched the whole season. The conclusion yeah. is fine. All the loose ends have been tied up, and then then I'll go and start watching it. There's well, nothing. It's good. Me. It's good. Oh, okay. Oh, right, sold. <laughs> <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> All right, then. Sell me, out of all the American uh, major motorsports, which one appeals to you? Which one would you get me to watch a race of? Okay, so if if you're feeling, if you're feeling you know, like popcorn-y and clickbaity, you can go and watch NASCAR. However, everybody thinks that NASCAR, for example, is really, really kind of low, you know, not technical, not interesting in an engineering sense etc 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 nothing i've had a couple of nascar engineers when i was driving sports cars in america nothing can be further than the truth they're generating a car that is in a for example a a a very very well-known sheet um which gets which gets found out now as they scan the entire cars before the event is to generate a car that's 99 percent the size of a NASCAR, but looks exactly the same. No. So it goes through the air slightly better with the same amount of power. <laughs> the cars are set. The cars are set up to move through the air like this, so that you know downforce generates in Formula is generated in Formula One and pushes the car down onto the racetrack. To turn the cars through the left-handed corners, NASCARs move through the air sideways to generate side force to physically push the car in. Yeah. Technical and Ten- it's like really really technical and they're fighting over tiny tiny increments of time while they all like you know swear and throw wrenches at each other and ram each other and stuff and they have proper fist fights as well don't they in nascar which is good yeah not so much anymore they can't <laughs> so get out okay so now. i i only ever hear from series like that oh they just throw out safety cars oh it's all fixed it's all about entertainment over racing yeah i mean yeah exactly because you know Formula One is is in no way is in no way convoluted like that. <laughs> You're right. They just start them all with the same car, and it's just <laughs> okay. like off you go, boys. Go at them. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, well, all, all motorsport has an element of that, but that's you know, motorsport is engineering, driving, politics, finance, marketing. It's a massive operation, and I think we miss so much of the enjoyment of watching that occur the you know look look you know when one car beats another car and you think oh my god why has he been able to do that that looks so unfair it's actually entertaining as well because why how what's there's interest piece there what's gone on in the background i want to know you know what i mean one of the arguments that we have with trumpets all the time because he says that any NASCAR driver could definitely win in F1. And I I hope I'm not oversimplifying your argument, Trumpets. Uh, But the fact that a lot of F1 drivers go over to America and do quite well, does that, Mm. you know, does that devalue it? I'm going to let Trumpets caveat that question. Name one. Name one who came over and did really well. Montoya. Montoya. Fair enough. 
But apart That's... from Montoya, Mansa, what have the, <laughs> the F1 drivers ever done in IndyCar? Uh, but yeah, so there's a perception from the European ignorant people like me that, that, that it's not as good a standard as, as what we have over here. And no one has defended that. No, no, it is. It's, it's a good, it's a good standard of motorsport. It's just different. It's just really, really different. And, and, and the, the motor, the problem is that we go over to America and we try to measure the way that they go racing by our standards. And it's the way that they're measuring motorsport because of the way that their motorsport is remunerated and judged is a lot different to the way that we measure motorsport. For example, qualifying in NASCAR. I give you the example of qualifying in any American motorsport. Everybody knows there will be a caution within the last 20 minutes of the race, right? So everybody sets their cars up for the last 20 minutes of the race and puts their best driver in or whatever, if it's a sports car race, for the last 20 minutes of the race. Make sure, and that's when the race happens. So we go, we in F1 land go, oh, he's qualified 15th. He must be rubbish. He's sitting back in the pits and going, Amazing. I've qualified 15th with a car that I know in the last 20 minutes of the race is going to destroy everyone. I thought I'd be 20th with that. You know, you sort of thing. So there, it's a different measure. It's a different measuring stick. Like when we had refueling in F1 and you'd have qualifying and you go, when, what does that mean? Uh, we don't know. We'll find out on lap four tomorrow where, when the when the Jordan cars come in for their early pits. And let's see, Robin Van Dyke says, if NASCAR can't interest spanners, IMSA should. And of course, I know what that is. So let's have a conversation between us about that as three people who all know what that is. IMSA, otherwise known as IMSA. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's IMSA is American. It's the, there's a race on like this weekend. Well, no, Good. we're at the Raw. The Raw test is, is happening this weekend. Alonso's in it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He's in it. <laughs> So the Daytona 24 hours is the first race and probably arguably the most important race of of, of the IMSA series. So that's American sports cars, um, which is like super cool and has loads of manufacturers in it. And um, there is proper racing with contact and it happens over a long period of time. They get really big name drivers to do it. And it's like the races, everything stuff. Some of the races aren't even that long, Spanners. They're like two and a half hours. Whew. All right. Okay, fine. When I... There's one Long Beach. I like cool Long Beach. Yeah, yeah, I like that track. Trumpets. Yeah, well, if we're going to talk about Daytona um, and we're going to talk about Alonso, this is actually great because the new Fernando Alonso standard for excellence in, in motorsport series is I'm in a car that can win. And so he's loved his LMP1 stint because Toyota is the only manufacturer left in that category. So it's just him versus the other Toyota cars. Mm -hmm. But at Daytona, he's racing for Wayne Taylor Racing, and they just had their testing. And I think they finished eight one thousandths faster than the Mazda team. And what's great about the Mazda team is they've hooked up with Joyce, who was the Audi partner when Audi won all the Le Mans 24 series. So we are looking at what you could say is a proper, proper test of Alonso as a sports car driver in a 24-hour race with, with some of the best in the business going up against him in a fair fight. So I am yeah. incredibly excited about this. And my only bitter disappointment is that somehow Alex didn't manage to wrangle his seat this year. So yeah. he could have gotten a, 
VIP passes. Well, I was there last year. The during it. <laughs> I was there last year. He started behind me. Um, the it's yeah, it's a it's a it's a cool series, and it will be, and it's proper racing as well. Like the tires don't wear out after two seconds, and the cars are pretty reliable, and you know it's. It's good. It's good. It's BOP though, which is the unfortunate thing. But that's the only way that they can keep the budget sensible. Um, what's What's going to be really interesting is is how he does in relation for me personally is is how he does in relation to sort of my peers because I'm very much of the opinion that in motorsport there's no magic and like once you've connected all of the apexes then you know done that neatly then done that neatly and fast you're pretty much there. Um, so it's going to be really interesting if the Alonso magic is like a real thing or it's something that he can manufacture in Formula One by being a master of all of the different elements that go into being preparing and being involved in Formula One. So you bring up BOP and that's a fact of life for WEC too, if I'm not mistaken. Some, um, some, some, car- some classes of WEC, yeah. Some, some classes. So in Formula One, when we go testing, which is what just happened for the Daytona at the Roar, when form- we, we know that everyone's out to either put on a show for their sponsors and run mm. a glory lap or to mm. utterly disguise what they're up to so that they have the advantage when the flag drops in Australia. How is that different in a wet car or in an IMSA car when you go to testing? Is it exactly the same because you have to deal with BOP or do you really have different testing goals? Like, like yeah. if you could talk about that a little bit, I would love that. So what they're doing at Daytona this week, actually, which is really, really clever, is what they do is they make the um, all of the teams qualify for a for a garage. Now, at Daytona, essentially, if you qualify you know, let's say for for argument's sake, you qualify 50th. That means because of the wall system that they have, all of the teams push the cars right out to the wall and then run from the wall. That means they have to, the team have to push the car like from the back of the back of the paddock all the way to the wall. So it actually gives you physically less time to work on the car. And there's a curfew at 7 p.m., they throw you all out of the track. So actually, they make you qualify for a thing which matters to you. And also, if you have a problem in the race, mechanically, you have to then go back to your garage to fix that problem. So they make the teams qualify for those grid positions to make them show their true performance so they can BOP them correctly. We have some personal questions for you, oh, Alex, yeah. if, if you don't mind. First of all, Mark Greeno would like to know, what do you use on your hair? Because it's just the right amount of ruffled I tried to use a young person putty, but it just makes me look like a sad old 40-year-old. Because I found this hair gel, mate, I found this morning, and I'd lost it in my room. And I found it in my room at home. It's Redken. I think my mum bought it for me when I was like 17. Anyway, sorry, carry on. It's quite good, isn't it, though? It's It's good core knowledge. We all have that. Bruce Wayne in the chat room, not that Bruce Wayne, asked, maybe it is. How does being a racing driver affect your personal life? Is it hard keeping friendships and romantic relationships working? I would say that the answer to that would be, who cares? I drive racing cars. Yeah. Uh, you're assuming I have some to start with, aren't you, really? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all right. You know, it's okay. All my friends are uh, racing drivers, though, so they're all arrogant nightmares like me. But, um, <laughs> but 
<laughs> it's fine. I'm at, I'm at my missus in house at the moment, somewhere near London. She's making faces at me across the room. She probably thinks I'm talking rubbish. Yeah, she's. I, I think that would be a good question to ask her. Is it nice having a boyfriend who flies around the world, gallivanting all over the place at rich exotic parties? <laughs> Nicholas Andrew asks, personal question, but do you have a dream car? that you'd like to own or indeed do own. And here's where we'll find if he has any sponsorships or affiliations. We'll have to look deep in his eyes for the honesty. I, I, I would love to own just any Aston Martin, particularly the new for 2018. <sighs> I don't, you know what? I don't get into road cars no. that much. I, I like my, I love my classic race cars. I love my classic race cars. My, um, my dream car, actually, no, I have a really obvious dream car now I come to think of it, which is a 60s Mustang Fastback. Oh, really? Um, Those American cars, are they like just the really pointlessly wide ones with like wood on the doors? It's not that wide because it's like old and stuff, but it's, yeah, it's it's properly mega. It's properly mega. I had a friend with a 66 three-speed manual. Yes, yes, oh. yes. Oh. The best car, the best car I've ever driven is uh 07 nascar 07 i think it was clint boyer 07 nascar and that thing was just raucous like it's just all of the wheel spin all of the time uh, let's have a look straight choice alex from sam Watley. He's giving you a straight choice one year in a williams seat but you have to give up all your current drives and future drives that you have lined up um and also your endorsements so basically, you have to give up everything racy wise for one year in in the Williams, and let's say it's last year's Williams. No, <laughs> could not blame you for that. I think that's, that's <laughs> a straight a good no question. Huh? <laughs> that's but, a poison chalice if ever no. I heard one. I mean, I, I'm I'm in like as I said before, I love Formula One. I think it's awesome motorsport, and I think and I love to watch it, and I love to be involved with it. But I'm a little bit immune to the aura of it if you see what I mean. And I think other motorsport is good too. And and it's not that I think it's better than F1, but it's not as far behind as the perception is, if you see what I mean. I suppose you, so, you had your fill of F1 and being in that environment growing up. Does that take away some of the, the mystique of it? I mean, no, not not necessarily. I've had my fill of it because, you know, if if I've, I'm sitting on the, you know, on the podcast talking about it at kind of nine, <laughs> ten past nine on a Sunday. Uh, so there's there's definitely not that. It's just that I I like, you know, I've I've you know been through and I've done some kind of comms on feeder series and back of the director's box in 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 f1 and uh, i've spent some time there and i love it and it's an awesome thing but there are other awesome series really properly awesome awesome series that make your spine tingle when you're there i mean go and sit at turn one at road atlanta uh, for a putty for the end of putty le mans when it's dark and everyone's going through turn one at like 165 170 miles an hour and you can go and basically, like, if you lobbed a Coke can, you could hit him on the head. It's proper. It's proper, proper stuff. And you time-checking us there is a reminder that I did say you'd be able to tuck yourself up in bed at 9pm. And we, we don't want to upset you because we'd love to have you back. We barely actually touched on any of the other motorsports that we've got listed here. So if you ever wanted to come on again and do some F1 punditry and mix in a few of those other motorsports, Alex, I think we'd be grateful to have you in the shed again. Let's do it. Let's do it. Whenever you like, man. At the beginning of the show, you said a couple of things. One is that you said uh, 
that it was like inviting someone to ca- uh, to cut your lawn and then not giving him a spade. Richard Mundell would like to know how exactly does Alex cut his lawn with a spade? We've all got visions of you do, desperately do trying to hack lawn. the grass. Do your lawn. Hack the grass well, with the spade. I was trying, oddly, funnily enough, I was trying, I couldn't, ah, it's such a lawnmower, such a long word. It is. Words, <laughs> words are difficult. And you also teased us about other plans you had in the future. I guess the best place to catch up with you because you are young and hip is Instagram, isn't it? That's what all the kids are doing now. Yep. I'm on Instagram at Alex Brundle Racing. I am on Twitter at Alex Brundle and I have my Facebook page as well. So come and find me and I will write back or I'll try if I'm if I'm around. You're a man of the people, Alex. That's that's the call. I, I try to be. I try to be. Let them let them eat motorsport. That's what I would <laughs> That's what I would always say. Alex Brundle, yeah. what a ledge. Hope we can make you a regular in the shed. You can catch up with us boring people. You by following Matt at MattPT55 on Twitter. That's the only place Matt goes because that's where all the shouty angry people are. Uh, but you can follow him on Facebook, but it is just close-up pictures of trumpets, strangely. And because he, <laughs> you, that, that's all you post on Facebook, Matt. It's just pictures of trumpets. Only the I'm face. On Instagram too. What? You're like 80. Why are you on Instagram? <laughs> Go on then. What uh, do know. we search? It, it, it's all the same. Matt PT 55 And you can follow me at SpannersReady on Twitter. I have a SpannersReady account on Facebook as well. Feel free to friend me. And I too, like Alex, I'm a man of the people. You can always DM me. We'll have a nice back and forth and a chat. And you can come racing with us on the iRacing internet thing by messaging me and telling me that you're interested. And I will send you all the details next week. We're going to have Bradley Philpot Driver Masterclass, where we'll be concentrating on braking. And then we are going to have Matthew Carter back in the shed as well. I know you guys love it when Matthew Carter pops in. Until next time, remember that wounds heal, chicks dig scars, and glory lasts forever. This was Missed Apex. Alex Brundle, bits of all the other racing people do, which is not F1. Well, I tell you what, Alex, you've given her a fair fist of that. And if we get less than 10 emails yelling at us for talking about stuff that isn't F1, I think we count that as a victory. <laughs> okay, mate. What is the live, is the live stream violent? No, no. I tell you what, the live stream is, oh, I don't want to say this in front of them. The live stream is one of the most intelligent internet audiences I've ever seen. Like we, we hard, oh, yeah. hardly get any yelling. <laughs> no, honestly, we hardly get any yelling. And the only time they're yelling is is yelling at me and reminding me of things. So, Alex, you have one last job with us, if you've got a moment. One last job with us, okay. which is to decide the winner of... Comment of the week. Speaking of the chat room, trumpets, they always remind me that it isn't a deliberate thing. I just genuinely forget about it every week. Do you have yeah. a couple of candidates for comment of the week? I do indeed. We have two... Oh, aiming at Valtteri Bottas new look uh, Nicholas Andrews seriously though if you guys haven't seen it check out Valtteri Beard Tass and Bruce Wayne follows up with update 3.1 robotas.exe has been updated with realistic beard growth to appear more human ouch go on then what's the next contender um I hate to say it Bruce Wayne would like to know is your pseudonym Balax Rundle oh for his sock account for his secret his, gamer yeah, <laughs> I wanna, it sounds um, like you've seen that somewhere, which is even more, which is harrowing. <laughs> <laughs> you know you've made it when you've got uh, some parody accounts. 
after you. Well, when you've got people switching around your first and second names, yeah. We got Sam Watley uh, with George Russell is now called PowerPoint. Really do genuinely want to see that PowerPoint. I want to know the secret because there's got to be more to that story, hasn't there? There's got to be. There, there does indeed. And Stuart Neal is our last contender with does Alonzo have his own BOP allowance? <laughs> God, that's, that's way too, that's way too racy. I think we're going to have to go for Balix Rundle, aren't we? Who said that? Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne, you are the winner of this week's Comment of the Week. Can I go home now? Are there any other segments I've forgotten? How many people are listening on the live stream? Do they want to know my do they want to know my username on Gran Turismo? So only about Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.